0: Today we're going to talk about a new rule, and this rule is called the pre-existing duty rule. And this rule is basically a sub-rule within the broader rule of consideration. And the basic gist of it is, is that uh, if someone ever promises to do something something, or give something that they've already promised, then that's not going to count as consideration. Let's go through a couple examples to make this idea more concrete. So first example. Let's say I owe you $1,000. However, I either can't or I just won't pay you that full $1,000. And so we talk about it a little bit and we negotiate, and we agree that I'll just pay you $500, and then I pay it to you. And then right after that, you sue me in court for breach of contract for the remaining $500, even though we had just agreed that I would only pay you $500. So in that case, who should win? So go ahead and pretend that you're the judge and by applying these pre, this pre-existing duty rule that we just covered at the beginning of this episode, apply that to these facts and uh, go ahead and tell me who's going to win. So if you're in our pod talk group, go ahead and leave a, leave a comment here. Okay, let's talk about what the ruling should be here. Uh, the ruling here should be that I would still be on the hook for the $500. And the courts, if they use a the pre-existing duty rule, would uh, yeah enforce that original contract of me owing you $1,000. Okay, so I'm going to go through another example. And once I do that, we'll, talk a li- we'll give a little more analysis on uh, why that ruling plays out the way it does. Okay, so second example. Let's say I agree to paint your house for $5,000. But when I sh- actually show up at your house on the day of, I say, mm, I'm actually going to need another $1,000 uh, for a total of $6,000 to paint this house. And of course, you're not happy about it, but you just say, fine, whatever. Just do it. I'll pay the $6,000. But then after I actually paint the house and do everything, you only pay me 5000 And so... I'm like, well, what's go- what the heck? We agreed on six thousand dollars. I want the extra, th- I want that extra thousand dollars. And you say, forget it. I j- I'm pay you. What- I'm going to pay you based on what we originally agreed upon. So then I try and sue you for breach of contract and try and get the judge to force you to give me that extra thousand dollars. So again, pretend you're the judge. Apply the pre-existing duty rule and tell me who would win this case. If you're in our pod talk group, go ahead and leave a comment here. Okay, let's talk about what the ruling should be in this case. Uh, in this case, you would win again. The court will not force you to pay up the extra $1,000. Okay, so let's talk about why that's the case. And we can actually do this just by applying the plain old rules of consideration that we've been uh, going studying up to this point. So going back to painting the house example, when I demand the extra $1,000 to paint the house, is there consideration on both sides of the exchange? Now of course you're promising to pay me $1,000, but what am I promising you? And you would You could say, well, you're offering to paint the house. But, of course, the problem with that is I'm I'm already contractually obligated to paint the house. In a sense, I've already given that to you. I've already promised that service to you. So, really, there's nothing I'm actually giving. And the promise from you to give me that extra $1,000, that's just a promised gift. And as we know from previous cases, courts do not enforce promised gifts. Okay, now, when you've heard those cases, you may have thought that that's a really unfair result, or maybe you thought that those cases played out exactly the way they were ruled upon the way they should be, and chances are your reaction to each of those scenarios probably depended on what you assumed to be the underlying reason for the change in the contract. so for the example where I owed you a thousand dollars, if you thought that was, if you thought how the court still forced me to pay the extra five hundred. If you thought that was really unfair, maybe you thought like you assumed that I was on hard times and paying you $500 is really all I could afford to do. Or maybe in the painting the house example, maybe you thought that I was trying to take advantage of you at the last second and just trying to squeeze an extra $1,000 out of you. And so not forcing you to pay me that $1,000 was totally fair. That was the way it should have been. So again, the, the, the issue that dictates whether we think the pre-existing duty rule is fair or not usually comes down to the underlying reason why there's a need for that contract modification. So as we start going into these upcoming cases, we're going to see examples of both sides. We're going to see examples of where there's probably like a legitimate need to modify that contract. And then we'll see situations where one party is probably just trying to take advantage of the other. And then we'll see how courts deal with each of these scenarios. So that's the pre-existing duty rule. And uh, we're going to be studying this in the next few cases. So thank you for joining me. I'll talk to you next time.